It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. California clampdown. It's stressful. We are having to shut down. Virus strains the system. We cannot just flatten the curve. We have to crush it. Testing expansion. The more we can provide testing, the faster everybody will get. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan with the CBS World News Roundup. California, the world's fifth largest economy, is suddenly in crisis again. The state moving to reverse the reopening thanks to a surge in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations. And the two largest school districts, L.A. and San Diego, say students will not return to classrooms in the fall. Here's CBS's Steve Futterman. California's easing of restrictions did not work out as planned. Not everybody's practicing common sense. And with the number of cases and hospitalizations and deaths all spiking, Governor Gavin Newsom is putting many of those restrictions back into effect. We are now requiring all counties to close their indoor activities. Numerous businesses will be impacted. Restaurants, movie theaters, zoos and museums and the shuttering of all bars. Most residents are grudgingly going along. I'm not happy with it, but we have to make it work. You have to roll with it. But this woman in Riverside, California, who owns a fitness center, says she will defy the order. We are encouraging everybody to stay open. Steve Futterman, CBS News, Los Angeles. In other states, there is concern about the growing strain on the health system. CBS's David Begno is in Florida, where 8,000 are hospitalized with the virus. If you have wave after wave after wave, how long can you sustain that? That is Dr. Jason Wilson. He's the Associate Director of Emergency Management at Tampa General Hospital. He says the volume of COVID patients coming to the hospital is five times higher than it was a month and a half ago. The situation is far more dire in South Florida. There are now just 10 ICU beds left in all of Miami-Dade County. Miami is now the epicenter of the pandemic. Dr. Lillian Abbo is Chief of Infection Prevention for Jackson Health System. She says doctors and nurses in her hospitals are working around the clock due to the sheer volume of patients, and some of them are getting sick. Travelers flying to New York City from Florida or another coronavirus hotspot will now have to provide contact information when they get off the plane. 
Correspondent Mola Lenghi reports today from Arizona on a new effort to try to expand testing for the virus. According to the Harvard Global Health Institute, on average, Arizona is testing 209 people per 100,000 a day. But more than 1,000 need to be tested a day to flatten the state's curve. It's a problem Joshua LeBaire hopes to solve. We got uh, around 700 samples collected in only a few hours, and all those results have already been delivered. LeBaire is the executive director of the Biodesign Institute, which held the first public COVID test last Saturday that used a saliva collection method designed by his team at Arizona State University. The goal, quick collection and quick results. So just a matter of days. It's about a day, a little bit more than a day. White House correspondent Weijia Jiang has the latest on the administration's apparent love-hate relationship with the nation's top infectious disease expert. I get along with him very well. I like him personally. President Trump described his relationship relationship with Dr. Anthony Fauci as very good, but... And I don't always agree with him. As a result of those differences, Fauci tells CBS News he is not appreciated at the White House. No, if I were advising... After months of speaking his mind and contradicting the president, even after some administration officials called him out, Fauci did not change course during a talk yesterday. Here it is. It's happened, you know. Your worst nightmare, the perfect storm. Mr. Trump's forecast is very different. We test more than anybody by far. And when you test, you create cases. So we've created cases. The pandemic has cost millions of jobs and the health insurance that went along with many of them. CBS's Vicki Barker. Between February and May, more than 5 million working Americans lost their health insurance when the pandemic cost them their jobs. The nonpartisan group Families USA says that's more working adults than have ever lost coverage in a single year. The Kaiser Family Foundation puts that figure at 27 million when you count family members. The New York Times noting multiple estimates reach the same grim conclusion. More Americans lack health insurance than ever before. The nation's highest court stepped in overnight to get the Trump administration's push to resume federal executions back on course. CBS's Peter King. Daniel Lewis Lee was to be executed yesterday. A judge's stay stopped it while a late-night Supreme Court ruling said it could proceed the first federal execution in 17 years. Lee was convicted of killing an Arkansas family in 1996. Their relatives, among those asking for a delay so they could attend when it was safer to travel. But there's word this morning additional legal action could delay the execution further. Voting in Alabama today will determine if Jeff Sessions has a chance to reclaim his old Senate seat. The former Trump attorney general is in a GOP primary against former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. He's been endorsed by the president. The Justice Department says President Trump's executive order commuting Roger Stone's prison sentence also covers his two-year period of supervised release that was part of it. A judge sought to clear that up yesterday. Stone was on Fox News calling his trial biased and claiming the jury was stacked against him. People said, ah, you see, Stone had the goods on Trump and he traded his silence for a commutation. That is patently false. The firefight is still going on in San Diego Harbor. Flames and smoke billowing from a Navy ship and concern growing that oil from it could cause an environmental disaster. The fire, with temperatures as high as 1,000 degrees, started below decks but has now spread to the top. The superstructure in the upper decks continued to burn. Uh, the forward mast has collapsed. Rear Admiral Philip Sobek said nearly 60 sailors and civilians have been treated at local hospitals, mostly for smoke inhalation and heat exhaustion. The Navy won't know until the fire is out whether the 20-year-old ship will be worth repairing. David Martin, CBS News, Washington. 
There's been a shakeup on a popular TV show. Welcome back to Dancing with the Stars. The Hosts Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews will not return to ABC's Dancing with the Stars. No word on why or on replacements for the show's 29th season. The November elections closing in and the effort to register voters intensifies. CBS's Pam Coulter says it's not a perfect process. A confirmation of voter registration arrived at a Georgia home for Cody Timms. Normally, that would be good news, but Cody was a cat that belonged to Ron Timms, and Cody died 12 years ago. The Timms family was surprised and amused, but state election officials aren't laughing. They say the application didn't come from their office, and third-party groups often use mailing list to find people who might need to register. Even if Cody were alive, officials say, he didn't have a state ID and could not vote. Pam Coulter, CBS News. Latest legal action over the book written by President Trump's niece Mary will allow her and the publisher to talk about it publicly. Earlier efforts by those close to the president to block publication failed. That's the CBS World News Roundup. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say... Call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.